0: Without a plan, and I didn't make this up, somebody else said it, without a plan for where it is you're heading, it is impossible to differentiate between a real opportunity and a distraction. Welcome to The Ziggler Show, where we inspire your true performance. I'm your host, Kevin
1: Miller, and in this show, we are back with Executive Coach Ed DaCosta, our guest in show 591. This time, we go behind the scenes to get his personal habits for success following the seven spokes and the Ziggler Wheel of Life. I really appreciated his statement of, we create habits and they create us. I've repeated that multiple times since that conversation. As a quick refresher, Ed DeCosta is an author and executive coach who works with a lot of C-level executives, giving them a safe place to talk about their, in essence, he calls them their gremlins, the fears and insecurities and limiting issues in their own psyche. This gives him, however, a profound insight into the real life issues that hold people back, even those top performers. It's incredibly eye-opening. Uh, Ed has a great offer for us as well with his Ascend Coaches Toolkit, which I know we have a ton of coaches in the Ziegler audience. You can find it at edicosta, dot com slash A-C-T. All right, we're going to dig into this conversation with Ed right after I share some great resources with you. Okay then folks, here we talk with Ed Decosta about his daily habits for success. All right. Well, Ed, you graciously shared a lot of your personal story in our main interview, and folks, if you're listening now and haven't caught that. Please do. It was significant. Uh, but this one, we're going to walk through, of course, the Ziegler Wheel of Life, the seven spokes, and hear what your any struggles you have in these areas, and uh, but what the healthy habits are that you employ to have as much success and balance. As you can, first spoke is physical. Tell us about the physical side of your well-being.
0: Absolutely Kevin. I thoroughly enjoyed being on the show and really really happy to to participate in this uh, portion as well. I'm a huge fan of habits because as you know, I'm sure and many of your most of your listeners probably know, we create our habits. I just love this juxtaposition of words. We create our habits and then they create us. Absolutely. So for, for me, I am not, um, I am not uh, an ultramarathon runner or in particularly great shape, uh, especially given the, the health uh, issue that I just went through last year. Um, but for a mid-50s guy, I'm in better shape than most at my age. And nothing you haven't heard a hundred times, it's, it's about diet, exercise, rest, and hydration. The big four, the four pillars, it's been said again, millions of times, but you know, I, I I exercise, I get a sweat, just get a sweat. I have a dog and I live in West Virginia, which is the mountain state, even though compared to the Rocky mountains, we don't have any mountains in West Virginia. They're all hills. Um, But walking up and down these mountains or these hills uh, gets me perspiring, gets some sweat at least four to five times per week eat right, eat the right portions. You know, I'm not a big dairy guy. I'm not a vegan per se, but as your metabolism slows, as you age, you must realize that you've got to watch not only what you eat, but the time that you eat it and the portions, the portion control. Um, And then of course, the ones that aren't normally talked about so much is hydration and rest hydration you know i my goal is to drink 100 ounces of water per day i have uh for a lot many years had this nalgene bottle which is what is it 33 ounces okay. so 33 ounces and i drink at least three of these a day and i'm on my i'm about halfway through my second one and it's in the middle of the day so i'm on track to, to drink three of these a day.
1: Ah, beautiful. Well, next spoke is family. Uh, and I know you've got, I believe three kids. I'm more, you still got one at home.
0: No, we are empty nesters. Now my youngest Laura is a 21 year old pharmacy student. And so she is away at school, although she's not far away. She doesn't live at home, which is pretty typical of 21 year olds. Don't want to live with mom and dad. And, uh, but so she, we see her every, Every Sunday, we see one of our adult sons who's through school. Um, uh, Also, at least once a week, he's the father of our grandchild, which is another reason we want to see him as often as possible. Uh, We love him too, David, uh, but uh, our grandson and our daughter-in-law are amazing. And then I have a son in in Los Angeles, um, uh, California. And so when they were growing up, and this is something that Again, we'll talk about this probably at another point in this conversation, but Linda and I, my wife of 39 or 31 years, um, have a bi-weekly date night. Every other Saturday night is our date night. Sometimes it's dinner. Sometimes it's a movie. Sometimes it's both. Sometimes it's, we'll go to Sam's Club or Costco and shop. Other times we'll sit in the living room and, and watch a game or, you know, a movie. And so... But the thing that I've not really met a lot of people that do, Kevin, is I have a date night once a month with each one of my children. Now, the one that lives in California, uh, we can't do it, obviously, the way we used to. But when he was growing up for at least six, seven years, even through his college years, once a month, dinner with dad, just me and one of the children and their agenda not my agenda. They know dad's a coach, but it's not a coaching session. It's, it's just be dad, shut up, listen, ask good questions and you know, don't, don't run their life.
1: That's, that's profound. I've not heard somebody who, well, you know, you hear people who try to do intentional things, but to have a set date night with a spouse is not uncommon. I have not often heard that with a Child, uh, man, that uh, that speaks to me. I've got a lot of kids. It's hard to take that one-on-one time.
0: It it truly is, and I'm not saying that everyone has to do it this way. For me, having three children and four weeks in a month, it 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 lend it did lean lend itself. You know, the first Wednesday of the month was David. The second Wednesday of the month was Brian. The third Wednesday of the month was Laura, and and Linda, my wife, she was very much and still is very much in. In favor of it. In fact, hmm. I'm going to have lunch, a late lunch with my daughter, Laura, today uh, because I was on a podcast of some guy named Kevin. Uh, hey, during. Yeah. yeah, some guy. You can blame me. I can blame you, but uh, we're going to have a late lunch because she is taking her last final exam uh, during the time we were going to uh, be at lunch anyway. So it'll be a late lunch. It'll be just her and I celebrating the end of the school year and, and just some time, some daddy daughter time only with, you know, without a six year old daughter instead she's, she's 21.
1: Ah, that's beautiful. Well, Hey, the next, next spoke here is mental. Uh, What are the, the daily things you have and do employ for just keeping your mental edge?
0: Sure. Yeah. Put, put stuff in your, in your head, right? Just be very, very mindful and very intentional. If I sound like John Maxwell, Guilty, guilty, guilty as charged with a big smile on my face. Be very mindful of what you watch, what you're listening to, and what you're reading. And so I I watch, um, you know, TED Talks. I listen to some of my favorite authors' books on tape when I am on the treadmill or when I'm exercising. Again, not terribly uncommon. And I'm a book hound. I just, I'm a huge fan of books. And, um, so I, I read every single day for at least, and I'm not talking about email or the the reading that we do as part of our work, but to be very intentional to read, um, you know, good, challenging things that will help you grow.
1: Okay. So what is, I'll put you on the spot. What is a recent read that has been, uh, impacting to you?
0: Uh, well, I'm, I'm actually, believe it or not, this is going to be kind of a, a, kind of an industry thing i'm reading a book the the 50 top tools for coaching ah. and i'm also reading food inc um, yeah uh, which is again if you want motivation and the information necessary to eat more intentionally um uh, read food inc it will shock you <laughs>
1: Yes, that is a, uh, I'll second that. It's an incredibly, uh, incredibly profound book and I think a documentary as well. It
0: is. I've not seen the documentary, but I have, I've read what I am on page 125. So I am about a little less than halfway through it.
1: Yeah, it's one of those, if you don't want your diet altered, don't read it. Because uh, it will. It oh, will do with, that
0: without a doubt, yeah. <laughs> you will never eat a chicken sandwich the same way again, <laughs> you know, or or at all, yeah, <laughs> or at great. all, exactly, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right, next spoke here is uh, is financial. What are the things that you you know have employed over the years to keep you financially healthy?
0: So have a plan, have a budget. You know, I spent a good amount of my career when I was a corporate guy in sales and marketing. so very familiar with the concepts of uh, quotas and how much money you need to generate in order to sustain a lifestyle, you know, raising a family, putting kids through college, having, you know, five vehicles. I mean, it's an expensive money doesn't, you know, buy happiness. Okay. But it helps. Okay? <laughs> it, 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 and I, again, I'm not trying to be flippant about it, but it's, it's a whole lot easier to live in a in a in a happy place, so to speak, when you've got resources and don't have the stress and anxiety that are caused by financial challenges. And 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 frankly, what I just went through last year with the, the brain surgery, if not for the cushion that I had built up, I mean, it would have been devastating. And it still yeah. was terrible, terrible and, and not recommended. I don't recommend brain surgery for anyone unless you really need it. Uh, but, um, you know, we we made it through. And and here I am on the other side and didn't lose the house and didn't lose my family and all of that. So uh, have a plan. and And then again, you know, charge what you're worth. Charge what you're worth. You know, your time is the only commodity that you cannot replicate. And so your, you know, your talent and your, your treasure is the time that you can devote to things. And, and many people that are entrepreneurs, they undersell, meaning they, you know, they don't recognize the value that they, that they provide to people and therefore do not require others to pay what they're really worth. And um, so that's, that has a financial impact on them, whether they realize it or not.
1: Okay, so let me leverage your position and being so involved as you are in the coaching consulting world, and ask you to spend sixty seconds on that. In regards to coaches and consultants, we have a lot of people in the Ziegler audience that do that, and speakers as well. But people who are charging for their, their value, their time, but it's a very, you know, this is not a product service, uh, so much as they are selling themselves. And, uh, I know that that is such a hard spot to be comfortable, especially for those starting out. But even as you know, even those that have been doing it for a while to, you know, when to increase and when to feel confident in how much they can charge in regards to how much value they think they do bring.
0: Sure. So yeah, we could talk about this for two hours. And Kevin, I know we don't have anywhere close to two hours. So to give the short but meaningful top of the waves answer is you got to buy yourself. So the time to charge what you're worth is now, is now. So for many people, very, very difficult because you're talking to the person in the mirror and you know that person. And so the thing we talked about, one of the things we talked about uh, on the show your gremlin, your self-limiting beliefs. One fairly straightforward technique is to imagine what you would say to your twin brother. Do you have a twin brother? I do not. Okay. So imagine you had a twin brother, Carl. Okay. So Carl Miller is living in London and he's in exactly the same circumstances that you're in. And he calls you on a Saturday and he says, Kevin, I need your help. And he describes a set of circumstances to you. And you love him. He's your twin. He looks identical to you. That's why you're so glad he lives in London. Nobody confuses you because you're in a different part of the world. What would you say to your brother, Carl, your imaginary twin brother? And it's amazing how e- how much easier it is for people to imagine what they would say to an, to a twin brother or sister than what they would say to themselves. And So that's that's the number one thing. What would you advise someone that you love and care about would charge based upon the value they provide to that client? You know, what is the benefit of doing business with you? How does their life change? And if you can't answer those questions, you have no business charging anything. Study that. Understand fully call your old customers. I'm curious. I need five minutes of your time off the top of your head. What are the main benefits you got from working with me? Write them down, record the calls if you can, with their permission, obviously, and get, get a solid set of testimonials and, and and examples, anecdotes of the value that you provide, and then st- just like when you were five years old and didn't want to jump off the diving board into the pool where your mom was your dad was standing there. Jump because you're not going to die. Jump. <laughs>
1: God. Thank you. And thanks to these sponsors for bringing us today's show. All right. Next one spiritual next spoke. I know this is near and dear to your heart, but what do you it what is. are the, the the habits that you employ for your spiritual wellness?
0: Yeah, so again, pray, pray, practice virtue, practice virtue. I'm not ashamed to say I'm a Christian. Um, so work on your holiness. We're called to be holy. We're called to be Christ to others and see Christ in others. You've heard that many times and I don't mean no. that as an offense to anyone who doesn't happen to be a Christian. I don't mean that. I have many friends that are not Christian and I love them just as much. Um, but be holy. You know that you know that 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 mental image of, you know, what would Christ do or what would a holy person do? For me, you know, partnered with John Maxwell, you know, what would John Maxwell do? He's not God. I'm not saying he is God. You know, what would Zig Ziglar do? What would Zig Ziglar do? I never met the man. I feel like I know him, like millions and millions of others feel like we know him because we've seen him and heard his his voice and his enthusiasm is so infectious. So what would Zig do under these circumstances? That's a pretty good rule for life.
1: Yeah. 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 WWZD.
0: WWZD. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we'll make
1: those uh, next next spoke is career. And you know, you've had a, a varied career trajectory. And I'm sure today lots of opportunities. What do you do to keep yourself on the path you need to be?
0: Yeah. So you have to balance. You have to balance planning with opportunism. Okay. Mm-hmm. Meaning, meaning think about it beforehand. Stephen Covey, begin with the end in mind. So many times people say, like, I don't know what the end is. I don't know what that. I know you don't know what the end is. Pretend you did know what the end is. Imagine your life in five years, five years from now, 2023. Mm -hmm. Imagine if there was a video of your life in five years and you got a video. Imagine you, Kevin, you got a DVD of your life in five years and somebody handed it to you today. It's not possible, of course, that as far as I'm as far as I know. But imagine if you got highlights of Kevin Miller's life in 2023. Would you watch that DVD? Hmm. Now, whether you would or not, what would you want to see in that DVD? What are the first things you're going to look for? If it was a highlight video of your life in 2023, immediately what comes to mind? You don't have to answer it, but for anybody else, imagine all oh, my family, are my kids alive? What do they look like? How am I how's my relationship with my business with my family what does my bank account look like where do i live where do i work you know do the people at my my place of worship know who i am am i making a difference all of these fairly standard questions that people think of like okay great i don't have a dvd of your life in 2023 but guess what you can create it that's the beautiful thing 2023 is not coming next tuesday it's not coming for 60 months or whatever, 50, 55 months from now, you've got time to build it. And you know that career wise is, is is what you you must do because again, without a plan, and I didn't make this up, somebody else said it, without a plan for where it is you're heading, it is impossible to differentiate between a real opportunity and a distraction. Mm. And for for I'm sure for you, Kevin, and it's probably more so uh, for you because of your public persona, but it's certainly true for me that I get lots of so-called opportunities that I have to tell people, you know, it's not in my DVD and I'm going to pass. No offense. I wish you nothing but success, but this isn't for me.
1: Yes. Yes. I remember. I remember well, the revelation of that when I was able to let go of all these great opportunities that were causing me stress, ultimately, what should I take advantage of and say, you know what, I know where I'm supposed to be. So absolutely. Um, Well, hey, last spoke here, Ed, is personal. And I know all this is personal, but what are the things you do, anything you do for fun, play, hobbies, the things that give you joy and make you the best Ed you can be?
0: Yeah so again this is this is the reason for living just remember and 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 I'm not doing this for any melodramatic purposes but remember this when you come to the end of your life your life on earth you are going to and this has been studied people are going to have largely one of two feelings regret or satisfaction there are lots of different ways to say it pride legacy and and i'm not here to have a semantic debate but let's just say you're either going to be happy with what you did in life or you're not just make it binary right Mm -hmm. are you happy with your life like you go to your spouse do you love me right you're looking for a certain answer you don't want the answer to begin with well you know you just want give me the answer right begin with the why okay and say it with enthusiasm right? Are you happy you married me? Okay. You know, same thing. Are you happy with your life? Are you satisfied with your life? And if the answer to that question is not yes, then you're going to be full of regret. And if you've ever had to speak to someone who's at that stage of life, who has regret, it's a horrible thing to watch because they feel powerless to do anything about it because they're there at the end and they try to make up for lost time and there's all kinds of cliches that I will spare you. But for me, you know, I I just view myself metaphorically speaking and this is weird to some people, but again, I don't care. I'm on a page of the book of my life. Just imagine an enormous book, a book as big as a house, Kevin, okay? And it's open. So you and I are standing on one of the pages of that book. Okay? And that book says today's date. And that book's gonna be there. And my grandchildren, great-grandchildren, great, 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 great-grandchildren are gonna get a chance to read that book. And they're gonna they're gonna know, or someone's gonna know, or God's gonna know, how did I do today? On page whatever it is of my book. Okay. And then live today's page, right? You can't change the last chapter. You can't change the chapter four pages ahead. Just work on the page you're on.
1: That is a very compelling image. I love the visual, Ed. I mean, it is something that we talk about. Yeah, regrets and making the most of the day. And yet to know that it is a book, I, you know, I, I can't hear that without making a call out to somebody we've interviewed, uh, Donald Miller. He wrote oh, a book. Yeah, uh, sure. um, the yeah, storyboard. Mil- oh, yeah. And, and his book, A Million Miles in a Thousand Years. And, and his really authentic and humble approach to looking at his own life and saying, is this something that I would want to uh, what would want to review? Is that a page I would want to read?
0: It's uh, a so wonderful, yeah, it's, it's, it's empowering. It's equipping. It's inspiring. We can inspire ourselves. And, and, and listen, I've got a vision board up. I've got a vision board now. And, I, and I, I know we're pressed for time, Kevin, but I've got a vision board up and the most remarked it's, it's huge. And it's on my wall. I'm looking at it right now in the center of the vision board. Okay. There's this, there's a symbol of my faith, but there's also a wedding anniversary cake it says happy 50th wedding anniversary Ed and Linda 1986 2036 mm. and I can't tell you how many people have asked me about that who is that what is that cake I think like, oh, that's Linda and Is that's a picture of Linda and I's 50th wedding anniversary cake okay. So why do you have a picture of a wedding anniversary cake? Oh, because it reminds me that I want to be married to her in 2036. So that if, if I ever do something that might jeopardize that, I'm going to apologize immediately, but preferably not do it. Um, and, if, and if she ever disappoints me or causes me to feel anger, I'm going to forgive immediately because this is my vision of the big picture for me. And I'm not going to allow the, the emotionalism of the moment to spoil the whole painting. I'm not going to do it.
1: That is significant. Um, man, thank you. I, I, you know, I always, I always take a clip from the interview and that's what we start the podcast with. And uh, I have too many to choose from on this. So <laughs> thank you. For, thank you for that. You're welcome.
0: Uh, I'm glad man, you feel that way.
1: Well, I do. And and I appreciate you for, uh, thank you for taking us behind the scenes and just uh, opening up your life to us. It's, it's incredibly inspiring. Uh, Ed, thank you again for giving us your heart and your time.
0: Well, you're very welcome. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak with you. It's been a a real pleasure to do so. Ah, Thank you, sir. You're welcome.
1: All right, friends, great sharing from Ed. I'm still, again, stuck on that statement. We create our habits and our habits create us. Again, check out Ed's Ascend Coaches Toolkit for all you coaches and consultants out there at Ed DaCosta, D-E-O-C-O-S-T-E. How about, let me try that again. dot com slash A-C-T. Hey, if you got value from the show, please let Ed and us know, Leave a review in iTunes, giving specific mention to Ed and what you got from him in the show. A lot of you guys have been doing that lately, leaving reviews and mentioning specifics. Thank you so much. It's a great gift to us. Well, coming up next in show 598, we hear a classic message from Zig Ziglar, an analogy that he didn't write, but he shares in such a tangible, profound way. It will hit you maybe like never before. It's actually been used, this story, prolifically in re- reference to a sand dollar or a starfish, both. Um, he actually uses the version with the sand dollar. It's a message that balances seemingly futility with saving someone, helping someone, serving someone. You may well know the story. That's okay. But few deliver it like Zig, and the point is just dramatic, if we will really let it sink in and engage with it. From the message, I posted this question on Facebook. For those who truly view their work as their mission, Who who specifically are you devoted to saving and serving and how? And I'll disclose right up front. I received less than half the number of response I'm, I'm used to getting. Why? I can't say for sure, but my inclination is, and I talk about it in the show with Tom, is that many people don't really have an answer to this question. Who are they directly serving in their work? Well, there are some great examples and replies given, and Tom and I talked through a number of them and as well talk about our own, who is our avatar for who we want to most serve. Uh, so we had some in-depth discussion on the topics of serving and purpose and finding fulfillment in work and knowing that true purpose comes from serving somebody, being a value to someone. So it's a very powerful show till then. Thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.